Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the actual real physical tiny room again. I am the host of Michael and Benjamin's physical podcast, I'm the one called Michael, and I am joined physically back in the tiny room by the man who has been called the Aquaman of Irish, he is he is to Irish podcasting what Aquaman is to DC. What I'm saying is, he's the last great hope of turning Irish podcasting around and saving the day, it's Ben! Aww, did I get a nice intro because I'm back? Yeah. Aww. I'm only mean when you're not here. Yeah. And sometimes when you're here. Uh, Michael is, of course... Pressing the uh, the issue of a, an actual physical tiny room because I'm actually here. I'm, I'm no longer in in Italy. Yeah, uh, soaking up soaking up some rays. I'm. Uh, it's actually a lie. Ben is still in Italy, and I'm a 3D printed copy, AI modeled, uh, brought to life Robo Ben. That would be amazing. A kind of a Blade Runner type situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm a replicant, but without the increased strength. Yeah. If, if anything, it's decreased. <laughs> if anything, I am a weaker version of Ben, which is quite weak. Yeah. Ben, do the theme music. <gasps> Theme music for the podcast We don't actually have any theme music But I hope someone will make some up for us I don't want to name any names Rachel, I hope it's Rachel Yeah, very good. So funny. Good. Uh, um, <laughs> ben, it's been a bit of a week. Yeah, it's, it's stuff's been happening. I mean, my personal life aside, which has been quite hectic, I I don't know what has happened, Ben, in the world of uh, cinema. But for some reason, in Ireland here, as we are, as we being in Ireland, I don't know what bizarre set of. Uh, occurrences has happened but it's resulted in us being bombarded with the kind of three summer movie summer movie the three we're in australia damn australia. it <laughs> summer blockbusters all around we're we're getting the three winter blockbusters in the same week <laughs> very good Transformers it's the yeah. it's no but it's the the human equivalent of the the trailer ad music the wow oh the the chris norton What's his name? Chris Interstellar Norton. Interstellar music. Yeah, it's the internet. Wow. Who directed Chris? Who directed Chris Norton? That's a Chris Nolan. Chris Nolan. Chris Nolan. I went to school with Chris Norton. Chris Norton. Hi, Chris. If you're listening, how's the film career going? Probably yeah. not as well as that Nolan chaps, yeah, but so, so be it. Um, but Ben, I don't know if these films are on wild release worldwide, but we have Enter the Spider. Instant. Yeah. We. I might start this again. Michael, Michael's had a hectic week, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. He's a bit sleep deprived. Yeah, it's, um, been, it's been a bit rough. He's very excited to have me back. There were <laughs> tears. He, he'll, he'll deny it now on the podcast, but there, there were tears. Ben, we've had Into the Spider Verse, which is actually surprisingly hard to say quickly. Uh, we've had what was the other one? Aquaman. Aquaman or Aquaman. Aquaman. <laughs> And we've had Bumblebee, the movie, all released in but the space of a week. Which is a hefty, hefty blockbuster slash superhero furore that we've been it tossed is a, into. It is incredible. And I think, I, I don't know, I think the, the Bumblebee's not supposed to be out. Oh, but, but so it's how out. did that happen? I don't know. I don't know if the UK cinemas have gone rogue. They get odd times for things. <laughs> It is. It's 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 a bizarre thing. After a couple of months of really nothing to watch, then we have to decide between Spider Man, Bumblebee, and Aqu- Aquaman. Well, Michael, some week. of us didn't decide. Some of us went to all of them. Yeah. And well, then I haven't seen Bumblebee. Ben Ben hasn't seen any of them in a, in classic <laughs> podcast fashion. Um, you actually tell me not to go to things now, so you can make fun of me on the mm. podcast. 
It ruined the bit. It ruined the bit if I actually saw stuff. Benjamin. Yes. Before we talk about any of that, though. Yes. We did our traditional um, weekly comic book roundup. We did. And in this week's weekly comic book roundup, first of all, I said that the Magic Order, uh, the Mark Millar, Olivier Copiel uh, Netflix comic book, has turned out surprisingly good. Yes, it has turned out surprisingly good. This, uh, this for me, full spoilers for the Magic Order number five coming up. Um, bloody not this though this is a bag of mickeys uh, no, yeah that's the Avengers um, not an actual bag of mickeys <laughs> no. remember it's not a visual medium you can't make a joke like that and then hold up a, a comic book Michael um, but generally speaking uh, the Magic Order was classic Mark Miller territory this week I felt a big tw- uh, what a twist what a twist um, what a twist uh, which doesn't make any sense so far in, well, in the in the thing. Uh, full spoilers from this point on. So oh, we're we doing spoilers want... already. Okay, we're we, we not going to do spoilers for no, yeah, Magic do, Order. Hold on, just uh, it turns out, buddy, Gabriel is the the assassin all along. Mega okay. powerful wizard of the family. Gabriel has been the one. He was the bad egg. Real bad egg. Ben, I to be honest wasn't that shocked by the twist because I didn't know who he was. Uh, we haven't plugged the computer in, Ben. Would you do that ah, there? Well, I should, I I should probably talking. do that. You you keep talking, Michael, in a, a wonderful fashion. Um, yeah, uh, Ben, I find in a realistic type comic book, a comic book which is kind of artistically drawn rather than a kind of cartoonish or exaggerated one, I often find it hard... You're, yeah, there you go, good man. I often find it hard to tell characters apart. Uh, yes, especially if, if someone, perhaps Olivier Coupil, mm-hmm. uh, has a style that's occasionally... And not to, to to disparage his work is occasionally a little bit generic. As as <gasps> so no, his work is phenomenally good. His faces can be samey. Yeah, he has a he has a face formula. But you could also argue, Ben, that he is drawing brothers. You so could also argue that they, they sure. should be kind of similar. they should be kind of similar, and that's a very convenient excuse for someone who doesn't vary their face as much. As opposed to the likes of a Ryan Otley or a Mike Mignola, who I all I can always tell characters apart. He but. but Ryan Otley is a huge fan of playing with proportions. Mm. And the secret to any good face, Michael, yeah. is playing around with the proportions. You give, you give some characters a big old nose. Yeah. You give some characters a high hairline. You give some characters some, some Mickey Mouse ears. Uh, and sometimes if God is being particularly clear, uh, you give Ben's a large nose. <laughs> that people can instantly parody. <laughs> I can't um, see Ben's behind the... There you go. There you go. Side, side profile nose makes me look like a crow. Mm. Um, but... Uh, yeah, Mike McNall is very much the same. Very simplistic style, you'll find, um, which could easily fall into murky generic territory. But because he's such a master of proportion and warping them, you get some interesting, intricate characters. So, Ben, speaking of Mike McNall, oh, smooth as what butter. a segue. Um, we, I, I, I read the comic book of the Howboy, the Christmas special. So I remember I. last year we had Krampusnacht. Yeah, Krampusnacht. But well, interestingly, Michael, this is not the Christmas special of Hellboy. No. This is the winter special mm. following in a three-issue special that has come out since 2016. Mm. Mm, because everybody loves Hellboy. Yeah, and everybody ben, loves I, Hellboy. I really enjoyed it, Ben. It was very good. But I didn't really know what was going on. It's a tough one to keep up with. So you tell me. So, uh, first of all, there, there are four mini-stories in the, the overall <laughs> thing. The first one is Happy New Year or uh, is it by Ava Gallucci? No, Happy New Year Ava Gallucci is the name Mm -hmm. of it. Um, It's a kind of a throwback to the old Victorian horror stories of Edgar Allan Poe. Possession. Where you messed around with a little bit of spiritualism Mm -hmm. and you did all that and one of the, the primary characters, this is back when Hellboy was still alive, because as we know from our previous episode, Hellboy is finito. Yeah, um, so what Dark Horse is doing, just to get some leverage out of all that, um, is they're, they're just bringing him back in his previous... You see, the wonderful thing about Hellboy is he came to fruition in 1940. 
five he came into existence so they have that whole back catalogue of years and mystery stories to do they can fill in and one of the quick ways that they always mark Hellboy out as pre-death Hellboy is they stick him in a BPRD t-shirt Um, with the famous hand holding a sword. Um, it's an excellent, excellent little throwback. Um, and Madame Zorna is the main... Well, I don't suppose she is the main antagonist. Uh, Madame Zorna is a thorn in Hellboy's side from one of, one of his early collections where she uh, offers to give her spiritualism services to rich people, but it's always in favour of getting something that she wants out of the demon she's summoning, so she often mm. sacrifices people to do that. She escaped Hellboy's wrath once before, Right, and he's never been. She's never directly responsible. She's a, she's a real slippery customer, mm. and she has plausible deniability whenever she does something like this. But anyway, she's a George Bush of exactly of exactly podcasting, where the world forgets that he's a horrible person just because he slips Michelle Obama some candy at his father's <laughs> funeral, and everyone goes, "Oh, George." Better Rack didn't say that. Um, yeah, but anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry, that got extremely political for no reason whatsoever. Um, but go on, but. It's a classic kind of come up in story from the Victorian era. You don't mess with things you shouldn't mess with. They yeah. want to conjure up uh, an old uh, occultist, mm-hmm. and he had an imp as a familiar. The imp took the form of a toad. It all goes upside down, topsy turvy, um, and poor El, poor El Madame Zorna gets dragged off to hell in all the right. form of a frog. I won't spoil it for you. It's fun to read. You it's just a, have. It's a great little. No, not really. Not really. Right. Read through it for the nice tension, the lovely artwork. The artwork's quite nice. The artwork was done by Ben Stenbeck. Stenbeck. Mm. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, and Dave Stewart coloured it. And we love it when Dave Stewart colours things. He's got a real vivid palette. Dave Stewart from Eurythmics. Dave Stewart, not from Eurythmics, uh, from comic book fame. Okay. Uh, so, there you go. There's the uh, the classic one of that one. And the second one, Michael, is probably more interesting for long-term uh, Hellboy fans. Right, go on. So, Michael... You and I have discussed Hellboy before, mm-hmm. and we mentioned that he used to be part of the Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense, BPRD. Yeah. Now, uh, one of the things that the movies or the Hellboy movies didn't do very well is they very much link Hellboy and the BPRD together. They right. are inseparable. Go on. Okay, and everybody is entangled. You know, Hellboy loves Liz Sherman and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Nothing like that happened in the comic. The separation between the BPRD and Hellboy came much earlier in the comics than it did in the movie. The movie the took films. two movies. At the end of the second movie, he leaves oh, he? the BPRD. Yeah. And Liz comes with him and Abe comes with him. That does not happen in the comics. Right. Hellboy leaves and everybody else stays in the BPRD. Abe Sapien is not actually that big in the standalone Hellboy series. Mm-hmm. He, he was a friend. He still is a friend. But he's, they, they rarely come back and fight together. However, BPRD was where Abe Sapien became his own character. Um, and the BPRD follows that occult agency in different things. It's a great little anthology series with the main storyline running through. You get some really interesting stories. You would probably enjoy it a lot more than Hellboy. Oh, really? Hellboy has all my favorite mythological throwbacks. Right. But the BPRD really deals with cosmic horror and oh, like cosmic dimension hopping and yeah, you know, that dimension. body horror there's some classic stuff going on here so this one features around um, three sisters from Slavic folklore um, you can see them in um, lots of different Slavic folklore uh, they're nature spirits that, right. that guard the forest it's a little bit difficult for non-Hellboy fans to jump into this is not an introductory story because uh, the person that kind of drives the plot here is a man called Simon Anders yeah who's that who appears out of nowhere at the end so 
Simon Anders, I had to do a bit of research on this because I'm not the biggest BPRD fan. I am now, having read these three um, three volumes, which I bought perfectly legally um, and perused. I learned Italian, how to read Italian. I went to an Italian comic book shop oh, really? and uh, read them all. That's definitely true. Don't hmm. look it up. Um, so, Simon Anders was a BPRD agent uh, that joined the agency in 1947. So, uh, the, the wonderful thing about the BPRD files is Hellboy is a child. So, mm-hmm. it gives you... It's kind of like an origin story but uh, he's a side note he's a footnote mm-hmm. um, so basically the way Mignola chooses to tell these stories is it's written by Mike Mignola by the way um, the way he chooses to tell these stories is he focuses on the main action of the agency and then occasionally we glance back to Hellboy growing up and things that might have formed his opinion mm-hmm. okay it's easy to follow because usually their their volumes are done by number so 1947 is the name of one volume 1948 is the next one. And then the last one featuring Simon Anders is Vampire. So it's an interesting series. Simon He's a vampire. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that in a second. He's not really a vampire anymore. It's it's interesting. So um, Simon Anders is a kind of a fan favorite, as it turns out, among BPRD fans. He was a soldier who was stranded at sea for 27 days. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Professor... I'm going to get the name wrong because I always get in home. Professor from, Robotnik. Brutenholm. Ah. Brutenholm, who is the father of Hellboy, the adopted father of Hellboy, is setting up his agency in 1947. Mm-hmm. He seeks out men who have been through kind of horrific ordeals or right. who have a stronger than usual stamina for right. the unusual. Okay. Obviously because he's founding a paranormal agency. Yeah. Uh, and he finds Simon Anders and three other men uh, who aren't really all that important to the overall thing. And he sends them off to Paris uh, or France, the countryside of France, to investigate a strange castle where once a year Mm -hmm. people go missing um, at this this castle. Uh, So anyway, the long and tall of it is they go over. The three men who are with Anders are not as responsible as he is. He's a very upright officer. He decides to follow through and do the research in the evening. The other three men are kind of more interested in having an L drink, ah. an L bevy, an L chillaxing moment, mm-hmm. you know? A relax. Because a remember, relax. this is at a time when the BPRD isn't established. So mm-hmm. it seems like hooey. Yeah, it's just a gang of lads. You know, it's just a gang of lads. And they don't really believe in all this occult stuff. The professor has sent them, but they haven't seen any proof yet. So Anders, unfortunately, goes to the L, to the L, to the L library. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he is lured away from the library oh. by a sexy French a sexy lady. Book. Oh, a sexy French by lady. By a sexy French lady. Ben, that's happened to you. That's happened to me several times, Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we won't get into that here. That That is reserved for Ben's new spin-off podcast, Tales from the Benverse. Yes. Um, yeah, and it's, uh, you know, it's on at 1 a.m. It'll be released at 1 a.m. now and then. You can listen in for all kinds of... Uh, antics usually it's just me wondering how my life got to this point really. yeah um it's pretty dark stuff all around pretty dark stuff they say uh, christmas is the most depressing time christmas is the most depressing time where you take stock uh, that's actually not true no, but, no uh, that's true, it's true about christmas it's not true about me no but um, it's not true about christmas either apparently you're gonna spill that water you have your you have your microphone in the wrong setting do i um he is then kidnapped by two sisters called and I have the name written down here the Bresnia sisters right and the Bresnia sisters introduce us to the world of vampires in uh, BPRD and it's really a very interesting thing we're introduced to all the famous vampires in the Hellboy verse and it turns out that vampires have a pact go on vampires have agreed to kind of fade from the world of men until people forget them 
So they, they intentionally want to become myths. Right. They want to become something that you can't fight properly. Because mm-hmm. men figured out how to kill them properly. And they don't want that. So yeah. they've, 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 they've agreed to do this. That being said. Right. One, one of these vampires has been snaking around. A snaky vampire. A snaky vampire. Simon Anders. One of the highlights. No, not Simon Anders. Simon oh. Anders is still human at this point, remember. Okay. He's snaking around and he's murdering um, women trains full of prisoners of war from both sides and Jewish people being escorted from different camps. Because remember, all this stuff is being closed down in 1947. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's murdering vast trains of people being transported mm. to different places. Because he can, because it's a good time, they'll disappear. Uh, yeah, but he also wants to send a message to humans that they're still powerful. Oh. Um, so this is all happening. It's all very interesting. Mm-hmm. It's all lovely stuff. Uh, and Simon Anders, unfortunately, uh, rumbles all this. And then he goes missing. And Professor Brutenholm is so guilty about this that he sends the lads out to find him. And one of the wonderful things about this comic is you really feel the horror of this. Because all four men have PTSD in some form. Right. Um, which is touched on here and there when they're in different situations. And two of the men die horribly. They go to investigate the castle to try and find Anders. And it turns out that they get eaten alive by other vampires. Um, and it's, it's kind of horrific. They let you see the whole thing. It's very, very strange. Very, very gripping. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Simon Anders is then transformed through his experience. As time goes on, um, he's exercised. They get rid of the vampires. They kind of lock them away in a, a chamber in his body somewhere. Ooh. It's a whole thing. It's Ooh. a whole thing. However, he can't fight it back. And then in the next volume, 1948... We kind of look at a man torn apart by his savage kind of vampire side, which doesn't manifest. He's not, he doesn't have any powers because he's locked all this away. They exist. And then he eventually succumbs by the end of 1948. And then he decides in the vampire series to go after these vampires and get revenge on the people that turned him, made him into a vampire. Exactly. Hmm. Um, However, in doing so, he kind of exercises the vampire part, but he becomes kind of like an emissary for Hecate. Heck. Hecate, <laughs> um, she is the goddess of magic in mm-hmm. the Hellboy universe, and he kind of becomes her emissary. And this is what you're seeing here. He's been sent on a mission. So what the second episode, or what the second short story in that <laughs> anthology was, uh, leading back to what we were originally talking about, yeah, what that's on. for is it's a teaser for a continuation of the Simon Anders um, trilogy. Oh, um, more and he's, he's going to be coming back. He's going to be. Okay. He's going to be. It's an important thing. Um, the other one is a light-hearted, fun uh, look at Lobster Johnson. Yeah, and it doesn't all, really matter. We all know him. Yeah, Lobster Johnson. That was the easiest part. Um, Lobster Johnson, who we thought was a comic book character, but turned out to be real. Turned out to be bloody real. Honey ben, Nazis. Um, have you noticed, Bennett, that last week you, I think, influenced social media quite a lot because since you had a little rant, little is the wrong word, since you had an extended rant about it, YouTube Rewind has continued to resonate poorly with the internet community yep say what you will michael but i am an influencer uh anyone who wants to sponsor the podcast can do so at the link below and um, can turn the public against almost anything uh, almost anything by liking it usually and um, if i like it everyone else is against it youtube rewind is now the most disliked video in youtube history yeah. if that is not a clear easy message from a viewership to change something i i don't think youtube will listen they won't listen it's the culture wars ben but they feckin' should. That's a pretty heavy message to have sent in one way. Yeah. Remember, Ben, that however many people dislike it, that means they watched it. Yeah, and so they won't change the model. Yeah, and I if, know. If they watch it, that's ad revenue. I know. We'll take those dislikes just as much as we'll take those likes. All about them clicks. Benjamin. <laughs> 
being the first Smooth. week, yeah, being the first week of December, Ben. Yeah. The the CW shows uh, the second the, week of December. Michael. Yeah, but last week was the first week of December. <laughs> the C, the CW shows the the Flarrowverse, if you will, had their annual crossover. Boo. Ben, it was quite good. Boo. No, it was quite good though. Um, boo. It wasn't the Legends of Tomorrow wasn't weren't involved this year, but we good. Got, we did get to meet our first Bat Family character. Yeah, uh, in the Flowerverse because we had uh, Kate Kate Kane, Batwoman, Batwoman. Hmm. Um, look, Ruby Rose isn't a great actress. She's not. This <laughs> is the, like she plays the same. We've covered this before, Michael. Yeah. I need a badass lady with a cool look who maybe looks like she could beat me up. Yeah, and that's Ruby Rose. The thing is. The thing is about that that the 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 Arrowverse has already a lot of cool lesbian ladies who could beat you up. Bisexuals. Well, I mean, very they, careful, Michael. They, no, well, they've leaned away from uh, Sarah Lance, White Canary. They've leaned away from her being a bisexual. I think she's just a full lesbian now in the in oh, the Legends good of Tomorrow. For her. But there, I mean, there are a lot of similarities between those characters. They're essentially normal humans trained. Um, yeah, very interesting. Didn't need it. Look, is well, what you're saying. I'm the interesting thing about the the Flowerverse crossover is that Kate Kane Batwoman wasn't one of the highlights. Mm. Um, it was just quite entertaining. Oh, good. Um, it was called Elseworlds, Ben. Yes, after the famous DC line of comics, it was it was basically DC's version of What Ifs by Marvel. Yes, yeah. but it shouldn't really have been called that. It should have been called Identity Crisis because oh. the real thing about it was people swapping lives. Ah. There were no what ifs really. It's people's lives were swapped. Well, I, I think I can tell you why it wasn't called identity. Crisis. Well, I could too, but you do it. Okay, fair enough. Identity crisis is a famous kind of. They tried to make it a, a universe event in the DC universe, and quite frankly, it is one of the most poorly written, controversial storylines that I have ever come across. Um, it involves um, a lot of raping. There's quite a bit of raping. Yeah, uh, it's quite a bit of raping. There's quite a bit of uh, fridging. Yeah. Um, abusing of of characters in general, um, intentional edge lording mm. um, at an all time high. Let's take a character that's traditionally very wholesome and just fucking wreck his life for the sake of story. Yeah, it so. it didn't sit well with fans. It didn't sit well um, with other creators. And quite frankly, it has been relegated to the the back room of DC Comics. Great history. name though. Great, great name. And actually, Identity Crisis was would have been more fitting as a name for the Arrowverse crossover this year than it was for the comic that it was the name of. Yes, it was a, a terrible, bloody series of things. But yeah, it was it was a quite a good crossover. It, it was. was a, it turned into a, a several hour kind of making fun of Green Arrow for being too serious, too serious, and too grim and too moany. And it was it was altogether very good. Uh, there's a, there's a two Superman fight. Ooh. Um. There are I'll take that. Smallville Easter eggs, which were very entertaining. Nice. Um, it was overall, Ben, a quite enjoyable three hours. Should I watch it? I look. <clears throat> oh, sorry. It's um. <clears throat> I don't know what's wrong with me? Michael's dying. Um, look, I've had a hard week. It's a very entertaining. It probably pans out about forty minutes, forty minutes, two hours and twenty minutes. So That's it's a right. bit longer than a movie. But it's not like a movie quality thing. It's a, it's it is a crossover to, event. It's a crossover event on a TV show. Yeah. It's pretty good. I also watched the episode of Legends of Tomorrow, and the only reference to it was the computer, the ship's computer saying, you have received a call from Oliver Queen, Barry Allen, and Cara Danvers. And one of the characters says, sounds like the annual crossover. Oh, nice. <laughs> that nice. Was, that was the only little bit. But look. It was fun. It was pretty good. Batwoman wasn't the highlight. I hope um, not. I should hope not. I don't know if she has the charisma 
to maintain a, a series on her own. I hope not. Um, but it might mean that we finally see a Batman. Although, is Batman in Titans? Batman is is in Titans. Uh, it's not. I don't think it's the Batman. Um, so that's that moves us swiftly on to Titans very quickly, and we'll touch on it. Titans has remained, Michael, a fucking great series. Mm. Um, it's very good. Um, very restrained. A lot less cheesy than the Arrowverse worlds and stuff like that. Uh, some Titans fans are kicking off. Um, they, they don't are. seem to understand how TV series work. They mm-hmm. seem to have forgotten. They're like, oh, I want to see them fight bad guys and be a perfect team. It's like, well, they've only just met. So I'm sure the Titans, as we know them, are coming next series. It's going to be a season two reveal. It's a, just get over it, lads. Suck it up. But uh, the big finale coming up this week is uh, Robin versus Batman. Um, Robin has been pushed towards Nightwing territory the whole series he's going to be Nightwing in season 2 or middle of season 2 is going to be a big change Uh, and now we've caught glimpses of the cowl of Batman being Batman um, in kind of traditional Chris Nolan where are you kind of Mm -hmm. territory Um, yeah and he's, he's only gone on a murdering spree He's only gone on a murdering spree, Michael. Um, We've been introduced to Jason Todd, who is in a wheelchair for whatever reason. He's in a wheelchair for whatever reason. Um, But I reckon, I reckon, and we're not going to put money on it, I reckon it's actually Jason Todd who isn't in a wheelchair and he's running around in a suit that makes him taller um, and he's he's going around murdering police officers and 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 criminals. Uh, So I think it's that. I don't think we're going to see... Batman. So it's basically the Red Hood, but it's Batman instead of the Red Hood. I think so. That's traditional. In Battle for the Cowl, um, Jason Todd took on the mantle of Batman with machine guns. What? No, it's not the Red Hood. That's a Marvel character. No, Red Hood is... No, no, you're absolutely correct. Red Hood is a a DC character. But he wears a kind of bubble head, not a hood. Yeah, well, he took that from the Joker. The Joker was originally the Red Hood... Um, oh, yeah. then dropped in a vat then after he was murdered he kind of took it in a kind of reclaiming of it and then for some reason Marvel decided to add a character in a cloak called the Red Hood yeah um, for some bizarre reason no he's just the hood um, and the Red Hood remains a, a, in the DC Red Hood remains a very popular character in the DC universe um, I have no doubt that he will appear in the next season of Titans as well you're, you're going to see a lot of this it's a great series they don't rush anything Michael which mm-hmm. I really like they're not they're not pushing any agenda here um, because it's their own streaming service and they just don't care <laughs> they just don't care so it's nice it's nice to see I'm looking forward to seeing it um, in all its glory when it comes out I've really been enjoying Titans anyway Michael Ben <laughs> we also this week we also had uh, the, the last great I was going to say the great white hope but the great Polynesian hope of the DC universe dodgy territory there Michael <laughs> Aquaman Aqua dude uh, Ben let's play our traditional game has Ben even seen it no. Very good. Excellent. Um, ben, it's quite good. Is it? It's interesting in so much as three films came out this week, as we discussed earlier, Aquaman, Bumblebee, and Into the Spider-Verse. And they're all about exactly the same level of good. So we've been led to believe. Higher than mediocre? Much better than mediocre. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, it, is it a categorically good film, Ben? I don't know. My no, God, no, it isn't. It. That was a rhetorical question. Ah, um, it's not a categorically good film. Um, I went to see it with our good friend Shane. 
your your good friend, <laughs> my, my good friend Serper, your arch nemesis. I'm just Shane. joking, by the way, Shane. If you're listening, you're you're actually all right. Ah, uh, Ben, don't don't get all don't don't ruin the tis tis the season, Michael. No, don't. Let's not get down here. Let's let's keep maintain our attack on Shane, the, the nemesary. Yeah, Shane has Shane has kindly written a little review that we'll steal from Facebook. Excellent, um, because it's I can't useful. remember what he said. Um, but look, special effects are very good. Excellent. There's a lot of um, ladies in costumes that are very impractical. Amber Heard can barely move. Oh, in her, in her green wetsuit thing, bustier thing, she is all over the place. It's. It's another one of those films where you are looking at it and it's a they've really leaned into the fact that his name is Arthur. Okay. And he's the king of Atlantis. Is it, is it a King Arthur it's thing? It's a King Arthur thing. Ah. Uh, and his mother is very much the Lady of the Lake. Okay. And rather than Excalibur, it's Poseidon's Trident. Classic. And I mean, they're... It's a King Arthur They're story. They're using that framework quite heavily. It's uh, not even quite heavily. It is a King Arthur story. Imagine okay. a King Arthur story, but if instead of Merlin coming to guide him, it's a sexy red-haired lady. So she's kind of a Guinevere Merlin hybrid. In a yeah, in a way. Guinevere. And she even has magical powers. Girlin. Girlin, girlin would be better. Yeah, because mm. she's Merlin, but she's a girl. Yeah, girlin. Girlin, Girlinavir. Um, she's very attractive. She's very attractive. Amber Heard is a very attractive lady. Apparently now dating Elon Musk. Oh. He has a type. Young, attractive out of his league if he didn't have money. Actresses as well. He was married to, what's her name? She was in, she was in um, bloody, why are we doing celebrity gossip? We do celebrity mm, gossips now. Too late, on we're on the way. She was in uh, the St. Trinian's series. Oh, I know who you're talking about. She was in an episode of Doctor Who and she got murdered. I can't remember. She has in it, Tams in something? She has. A, oh, Tam, yeah, Yasmin Tams. No, no, that's a different person. <laughs> Ignore me. Ignore me. <laughs> different anyway, person. It doesn't matter. I she's understand a, who you're talking about, though. Yeah, she's a very attractive lady, Amber Heard. Um, and, of course, Jason Momoa is a very attractive man. Very attractive. There is a good deal less Momoaing about the place than you would expect from the trailer Good in the film. Good. It is surprising. A wise decision. Yeah. Or a waste of Momoa. Oh, do you think he's too reserved? Uh, no, I don't, actually. But I think they could have... He He doesn't have as much fun with it. You know the old saying, just have fun with it. Hmm. Just just riff with it, just feel the energy, just have fun with it. I do feel like Jason Momoa is possibly the kind of guy where you have to rein that in. You can't possibly. say just have fun with it because then you've got woo Yeah, they, very good. I'd like that you leaned Every, to the mic. I, I knew I knew exactly <laughs> I knew exactly what would happen. Yeah, he he doesn't seem to be basically all the Momoa stuff is in the trailer. <laughs> Let's get some more in there. And other, other than that, it's a very, very classic King Arthur story. Okay. There's a an evil brother. I don't know. Is well, there's Mordred in the the legend framework. Evil blood. You can call it evil blood. It's yeah, a, it's the evil blood trope. Yeah. So there's an someone evil... in the hero's family is is their antagonist or their counterpart. Yeah. Mm. So, and and then he has to go and get the thing to become the king. And but like I said, we. I think we said this talking about King Arthur the other day, and we've said it many times talking about things like the Inhumans. Mm. Again, as an Irish person, Ben, watching it, any of the born king stuff, 
We'll have less of that monarchy bollocks. Thank you very much. You're all just going, why don't they just have a vote? Yeah. Just have a vote. What's wrong with the Democratic Republic of, of Atlantis? Atlantis, exactly. What? I mean, why does having a special sword that lets you talk to more different types of fish, why does that make you king? Is that what it does? Basically, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, it, yeah, it's like... So he speaks fish Mandarin now? Well, he he speaks to fish anyway. Okay. See that in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, that he's able to do that. But when he... Spoilers, obviously, here. Yeah. But, I mean, it's pretty obvious that he's going to get the trident. Yeah. When he gets the trident, he can command all the oceans. But he could pretty much do that anyway. But I don't know. It's It it degenerates into a big CGI brouhaha. Yeah, um, fair At enough. the end, which was a little bit disappointing. Um, but, it, you know, it's good. It's good. For all, for all the moaning I'm doing about it. Better or it, worse than Venom? Better as a film, better than Venom, for Good. sure. I'll take that. Um, it Venom felt very much like it, it came from the nineties. I I recently saw Venom. Oh. That's why I bring it up. I think that should be our new standard for better or worse. Perfectly serviceable action film, terrible superhero film, probably mm. one of the worst openings to a film I've ever seen. I don't remember the opening. There are three prologues. Are there? Yeah. So the first the first prologue that we have is spaceship man's mm. on Earth. Uh, symbiote escapes. Oh, yeah, villain setup. Yeah. Second one is Eddie's a good guy, good guy reporter, has too many ethics, mm-hmm. uh, pushes too, somebody. Too many ethics. Too many ethics, pushes somebody, loses job, and then we have another fade to black three months la- six months later thing. That's two prologues that take 17 minutes out of that film. Yeah, but Ben, that's what happens when you are adapting a character with as complex a backstory as Venom and changing it. What complex backstory? He's a they symbiote didn't... who's obsessed with Spider-Man, and but that's what I'm saying. They had to come up with it from scratch. You know how you fix that? Put Spider-Man in it. Yeah. Um, Dopes. Look, Ben, go see Aquaman. Is it is it the savior of the DC universe? Absolutely no, not definitely not. It's uh, Andy reboot material. Um, it's very independent. It it Good. there's no reference there. I don't think there is even an Easter egg. We're not shoehorning. Uh, Justice League in there? No, I don't. Cool. Ben, I don't think there's even an Easter egg. I don't think there are any DC references in it that aren't from Aquaman comics. Is it pre or post Justice League? This is something I didn't understand. Post, I think, because no. he's famous. Ah, probably that then. But um, he wasn't there the kind of thing that he might have been a bit famous anyway among coastal communities. Otherwise, how did Bruce Wayne know about him? Fair. He was more of a legend, though, in the initial Justice League. Well, yeah, it, it also has to be post-Justice League because he has the Quindent from Justice League and he has met Mira before. Ah. Mira? Mira? Mira. I can't remember I what way they say it in the film, though. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But you recommend it. I don't know, do I? I enjoyed it. But it wasn't great. It's completely ambiguous, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, go see it and let us know what you thought down below. Yeah, it, no, look, it's all—it's good. Like it is good, but it's not. You don't sound sure, Michael. I, I'm not, but that's—that's that's where, like, I'd probably give it seventy percent if I was a '90s magazine. Oh, okay, that's that's high '90s praise. You see what I'm saying? It's—I it's, mean, it's it's low upper '90s praise, but it's '90s yeah, praise. It, it's good. Never hurts. Very attractive. And that's the last word on that one, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome back to Michael and Benjamin. Try and figure out whether they like stuff. <laughs> Speaking of whether or not we like stuff, Ben, I also saw the ultimate... No, it's not what it's called. What's it called? Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, the animated series from yeah. Sony's animation 
Network. Not an animated series, sorry, the animated feature. Yes, Ben, Ben, let's play our famous game. Has Ben even seen it already? I haven't. I was stuck on a plane all day yesterday, Michael. I'm <laughs> knackered. I'm tired. I do, as you know, I'm a huge animation fan and would very much mm. like to see it's... Into the Spider-Verse. Look, it's pretty good. <laughs> Should we do a little... Is Amber little... Heard in it? No, Amber Heard isn't <laughs> ah, in it. Ah, we've uh, lost it. Hayley Steinfeld is in it. Uh, uh, I, I, Bumblebee. I don't find Hayley Steinfeld attractive in any way. That's irrelevant, Ben. She's doing a cartoon voice. I don't find Hayley Steinfeld <laughs> attractive in any way. And I would just like it on record. All right, that's fair enough. That's nothing to do with the film at all. Her but voice is unattractive too. No, it's not. It's very good. She no. does a good... Um, She's a good voice actor? She, One of the criticisms you could have about the film Into the Spider-Verse um, is that Spider-Woman or Spider-Gwen... Spider-Gwen. No. Called, oh. She was called Spider-Gwen in the, cra- in the trailers, oh. but she's called Spider-Woman in the film. Uh. She's called Ghost spider in the comics now, oh. which is a terrible name. That's a terrible name. One of the worst names. Terrible yeah, name. One of the worst names. One of the worst names. Um. Oh. Yeah. No. Ghost Spider. But she's not in the Into the Spider Verse movie as much as you might think. As you are led to believe from the trailer. From the trailer. Um. Actually, no. That's wrong. She is in it that much, but she's not very important. Okay. She's not she, a key figure. No. She's. One step above the three other Spider-Men. Let's do a very quick summary of the film. Ben. Sure. Um, Go ahead. Spider-Man, played mm-hmm. by Chris Pine. Chris Pine. The, this is Earth 616. No, this is Miles Morales' original Spider-Man. My, Miles Morales' okay. universe Spider-Man. Uh, he dies, saving Pine. the world. Yeah, classic. And he kind of passes the torch to Miles Morales. Good man. But he dies destroying a machine that cracks open universes... To bring ah. people from other universes into his universe. I see. Created by the Kingpin. Ah. Uh, because his wife, Vanessa. Vanessa. V-Dog. My Vanessa. Uh, has died. Oh. So anyway. So he thinks getting another one from another. That's exactly. That's very Rick and Morty logic. Right. It's good. I like it. Um, so one of the byproducts of this fight is that Spider-Man's head goes into the, into the, the beam. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And that kind of summons... Alternate Spider-Man from other dimensions. Ah, uses a DNA strand. Kinda, yeah. So all the other Spider-Mens end up there. Ah, and that the main, so much. the first Spider-Man that Miles meets is schlubby, thirty-six-year-old, uh, tracksuit bottom wearing. That's why I'm dressed like this. Ah, you uh, dressed like that on purpose. Yeah, this is a homage. Nice try. Um, no, I did. I genuinely nice, did. Nice he wears grey tracksuit bottoms uh-huh. throughout the whole. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, and you're telling me this isn't just Sunday? What was I saying? Yeah. Oh yeah, he meets Schlubby Peter Man, Peter Man, Peter, <laughs> Schlubby Peter Man, played by Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson is that his name? Jake. Yeah, I think, it is. I think it is Jake Johnson from New Girl. New Girl and he's, Jurassic World for some yeah, reason. Yeah, he's Nick from from New Girl. Yeah, he's quite. A fun, I quite enjoy him in anything he's, he's in. Humorous. I enjoy his personality, and mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of inspired to cast him as a schlubby kind of washed up. Yeah. Spider-Man. One of the things that the trailers didn't do very well was show us that, that he is an alternate Spider-Man. Yeah, because it seemed for a second that he wasn't. It seemed like yeah. that was the Spider-Man who died. And yeah, he was I thought exactly. we had a Megamind situation where he decided to retire. No, it, it turns out that he is one of the alternate, the alternate dimension Spider-Man. Are they aware that they've been transported yes. out of their dimension? Okay. Absolutely, they're 100% aware. And that's one of the gags. One of the best gags in it is Spider-Man telling his or- origin story. So Chris Pine does it first. He says, "Let's." You've all heard this before, so let's do it briefly. And Chris Pine, Spider-Man, tells his life story in a little vignette, 
which includes stuff from the Tobey Maguire films. Sure. And he's the real super he's, successful... He's 616 Spider-Man. Prime of his life yeah. Spider-Man. And then we see when the new one arrives, it's like, okay, let's go go over this one last time. And it's how his life went wrong and he's all schlubby and Mary Jane leaves him and oh, okay. he lives so on his own okay. and he's getting a bit fat and yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty funny. But it also sucks... A lot of people get sucked off at their plane of existence in this film. <laughs> Michael, that was a terrible pause. <laughs> I just thought it went, it was like, oh no, Michael, you didn't say into Spider-Verse. So, you saw the porn part. <laughs> several other Spider-Man get sucked off. Sucked into the verse. Their their plane of existence. Jesus. The highlight Sucking of Sucking off Spider-Man is now officially... <laughs> no, we're not. No, no, it isn't. Yeah. I can't put that on YouTube. We're leaning into it. <laughs> um, so... All the other Spider-Mens come across and they do a team-up, basically. Yay, classic team-up. I only realised today, Mm -hmm. while researching this, that Nicolas Cage is bloody Noir Spider-Man. Nicolas Cage is Noir Spider-Man and it is is inspired casting. He only probably has in the region of ten lines. That's all you need from Nick Cage. But he nails it. And in fact, Ben, do you remember Ultimate Spider-Man, the cartoon series from 2015, 16, 17? Yeah, yeah. They did a very similar Spider-Verse concept. concept. And I watched that in preparation for this episode. And the greatest disappointment was that when it got to the Spider-Man noir, mm-hmm. the 1940s detective Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Yeah. that it wasn't Nicolas Cage's voice. It was such a sublime bit of casting. Yeah, it's just a really nice touch. I, I just realized it halfway through. Uh, there's some great casting and choices in that in general John Mulaney as Spider-Pig is hilarious Spider-Ham Spider-Ham sorry John Mulaney is a comedian for anyone who doesn't know he wrote for SNL for years Mm -hmm. and um, has his own stand-up specials he is a hilarious man um, and a very distinct voice and it was was great to see him in the trailer as well I'm really looking forward to seeing it but Michael yes Michael what we've decided to do today is take a look at where where all this came from as Mm -hmm. you as you so aptly mentioned there was a, an original crossover from the animated series, the Ultimate Spider-Man animated series, and I suppose that was maybe a, a beta run or a, a test to see if it would work. I don't think it was. I think that that might have been done and dusted before this okay. even came about. Uh, do you reckon this is Sony's attempt to just really consolidate their hold on that character? In a sense, possibly. It seems to have worked, because Venom 2 is currently in production. Mm-hmm. And Into the Spider-Verse has been quite successful. Yeah. I don't have figures, but uh, I do you, know it's doing you, well. You get talking there. And all um, but it's interesting to see them kind of do that. But we're not here to talk about that. We've talked about Sony's clinging to the rights of Spider-Man for quite a while in other episodes. Today we're going to take a look at Into the Spider-Verse and where that all kinds of come from. So where I, I think the idea of multiple dimension Spider-Mans came from originally is the PS4 game Shattered Dimensions. You is ever, it? Do you ever see this? I, I hazard a guess. Now, go on. Uh, doing uh, saying that, you have to go even further back to Spider-Man the Animated Series, which we are both a fan of. Big our fan. favourite Venom origin. Big fan, yeah. Yeah, our favourite Venom origin. They did a very similar concept where he met Spider-Mans from other dimensions. Madam Web... Um, they did yeah Madam Web did that and interestingly Madam Web was voiced by Stan Lee's late wife oh uh, the late Stan Lee's late wife she was a bit of a a sexy older lady she was a a cougar Madam Madam Cougar they should have called her (laughs) but that name was already taken by several porn networks for a series Um, my favourite thing in that was when one of the Spider-Men that he met was the actor who played Spider-Man on TV that was amazing yeah Um, very interestingly uh, Madam Web is kind of his occult, otherworldly advisor in yeah. his career. He meets Madam Web at a time in his life when he he needs a bit of guidance, and Madam Web comes along 
and marks him out. Again, interestingly that you mentioned Chris Pine, so Spider-Man in this one, I would say the closest relative to that prior to that would be the animated series one. He is noted as probably the best of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. He's he's kind of the paragon, the ultimate version. Uh, not Sorry, not the ultimate version. I can't use that word here. No, because the, there the, is an ultimate version. The prime example of what Spider-Man should be. So it's interesting to see that. Then the game came out where you could play as those different characters. And that's where Noir Spider-Man was kind of dug up from again. Um, coming back to Noir Spider-Man. In 2000 and... I'm definitely going to get this wrong, but I have it down here. Go on. In 2009, Marvel tried out a, a series of little pulp titles called yes. the Marvel Noir series. Yeah. Became very, very successful. You had X-Men Noir. You had Spider-Man Noir. You had... I think Doctor Strange Noir. Mm. And there was another one, but I can't for the life of me remember. But they were black and white comics in a heavy shadow style to mimic noir movies. And it was a look at your favorite heroes from different perspectives. Some were done very differently from others. For example, the X-Men were not mutants. They were a series of con men that had very good talents. Right. So one was an acrobat and that was Beast. Mm. The other was an expert marksman and that was Cyclops. Like Ocean's Eleven. Very similar to that. It run very similar to that. It was it was interesting to see that. On the other hand, Spider Man Noir was a bloody Spider Man. Um, he was a, a Spider Man. He had full powers, In the organic days. webbing. Um, and when you played that video game, mm-hmm. um, Shattered Dimensions, um, you could play the stealth sections were Spider Man Noir. So right. you would run around a black and white world. As Spider-Man Noir, and it was one of the best sections in the entire game. I really enjoyed that game. It's one of the few video games I've played to completion. Uh, <laughs> I thought we were leaning into these jokes now. Apparently we are. Um, one of the best gags in Into the Spider-Verse is that Spider-Man Noir can't see colours. Ah! So he comes to the real world and they give him a Rubik's Cube. And, and you can't do it. Torments him. Oh, hilarious. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. So it's it's interesting to see that character. I think you hit upon it earlier. Spider Gwen is one of the more interesting characters of recent years in Spider Man lore. Spider Gwen was introduced last two. No, no, she's been introduced about five years ago. She got her own series in 2016. Mm-hmm. Spider Gwen. Uh, her origin story is a little bit different. One of the most popular cosplays in the world. Because it's very cool. It's, it's a, a great it's, design. It's very good costume. To be fair, um, between her and Miles Morales for Spider costumes, I think they've got a two of the best cool looks um, that I, that I have seen. Spider Gwen is is fascinating because she is Gwen Stacy. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's where the name comes from. She survives. More importantly, she loses Peter Parker. Yeah. In her world, and that's what inspires her to become a better version of the Spider Woman. I refuse to call her Ghost Spider. I'm not doing that. She's called Spider Woman in the movie. Um, so Spider Woman. It's interesting that she was introduced in this. I think this was a real kind of push towards Sony saying we have all the rights <laughs> except <laughs> Spider Man. Yeah, exactly. So they used everybody else. Yeah. Um, but she's a fascinating character. Very well written. I can't remember who writes her because I'm a terrible co-host. Um, very well written series. She is on her second volume now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just following her life. Her father is still alive. So, interestingly, uh, Miles Morales' father is a police officer. So is Gwen Stacy's in her world. Oh, yeah. And it, that, that, that relate, the tension of that relationship is very present in each one. Uh, interestingly, Peter Parker dies by taking a lizard, the lizard formula, transforming oh. into a big lizard and then dying. 
And she um, beats him. She beats him, yeah. Um, she tries to save him. He wants to become a lizard because he wants to be a hero like her. So she's Spider-Man before mm, Peter Parker dies. Spider-Woman. But, uh, he becomes the Uncle Ben to her universe. Makes a good rice. He's the, Great rice. He's mm-hmm. quite good with a walk. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's the kind of motivated. Don't there. like his sweet and sour. Uh, too sweet. Usually his jarred sauces are not the best. The yeah. rice does just fine. Yeah. The, the jarred sauces are a little too sweet mm. in general. Um, but uh, after his failing career as a sweet and sour salesman, he turns himself into the lizard and he dies. And that's where Spider Gwen comes from. She's a huge fan favorite, obviously, because first cool of all, in, in the cosplaying world, she is huge if Nike did superheroes it would be Spider-Gwen it's a great design it's a great design it's mm. smooth it's slick I'm not sure if it was Sarah Pacelli I don't know who did it Sarah Pacelli is the co-creator of Miles Morales um, with Brian Michael Bendis and Miles Morales I think has the closest story to his comic book origins where he takes over when the ultimate Spider-Man dies the ultimate Spider-Man dies defending defending his aunt against the Sinister Six in his universe um, he saves Mary Jane, he saves Aunt May, but perishes uh, after winning the day. And then Miles Morales came along. Miles Morales, uh, if you're looking for a focal point of comic book fan hatred, I suppose Miles Morales might be the best example. Oh, really? Uh, Miles Morales was that early wave of people saying that... Robbie Rodriguez. Is the co-creator of yeah. Spider-Gwen. Yeah. Who drew... Robbie Rodriguez. Ah, sorry. Who wrote her? Um, bloody Jason Latour. Ah, uh, Jason Latour. Okay, huge guy for alternate timelines. He's also responsible for Old Man Logan. That and is French for Jason the Tour. Jason the Tour. Um, he takes you on a tour of different dimensions in the Marvel universe. Very good. Boom. Um. Anyway, Miles Morales was was initially hated. In the Ultimate Universe, because the Ultimate Spider-Man for many fans was a return to a pure Spider-Man. Yeah, it was very good. Excellent run by Brian Michael Bendis. Kind of cemented Brian Michael Bendis's status as one of the greatest comic book writers of all time. The oh. Ultimate Universe was—you uh, don't agree? No, I do. Oh, right, sorry. The it's controversial. The the Marvel universe, the Marvel Ultimate Universe was. A return to form for many comics. A nice way of retelling, but keeping the core essence of a lot of characters solid. It was a masterstroke for Marvel. With modern art. With modern art. You know, everything more was... modern sensibilities. Everything was clean. Also, tidy. there was... In the 60s, there was a hint, hint of scattershot stuff. They weren't trying to create lasting comics, but you never knew what was going to stick. So, for example, Spider-Man's origin. It's one issue in the original... It's mm. less than one issue. Mm. It's told, and then there's a tale of what he does after. Yeah. Whereas in the Ultimate Marvel, it's seven or eight issues. Yeah, it follows through. It's an arc. Yeah. It's, it's an it, arc. I, but because they knew what was good and what was bad. <laughs> Although when they started to mess around with it, that's when they started losing people. Yeah. You... People didn't like them changing Venom. People didn't Venom like... Venom should the... not have changed. That people was messy. People didn't like them changing the Green Goblin. The big monster. Yeah, so... It... Liberties were taken, shall mm. we say. But they had to be, otherwise it was just a slower retelling. Yeah, and there was no point in that either. Green Goblin was transformed from a man with enhanced strength and durability who wears a costume to mm. a huge kind of demonic... Goblin. Yeah, he looked like the gargoyles from Disney's Gargoyles. Yeah, actually, nail on the head. Um, a big, green, grumpy gargoyle. Yeah, he um, could breathe fire. And it was interesting to see a lot of that... Um, Hugely popular character. Hugely mm-hmm. popular character. Then, 
we got rid of him. He died. Miles and, Morales. May, no, no. Um, Peter Parker Nine. in the Ultimate Universe. Ultimate Universe. Peter Parker kicked the bucket, mm-hmm. saving his. And it it was in many ways. Brian Michael Bendis did a clean run. They finished him up in mm-hmm. a nice way. It was a good long run. It ended where it should have ended. And then Miles Morales appeared. And most fans didn't know what to make of him. Now, it should be pointed out. Go on. This is going to get us into murky territory. It's going to get you into murky territory. It's, it always gets me into murky territory. I'm a huge fan of Miles Morales. Right. I think he's a great modern take on a classic character. Right. I don't see anything wrong with including extra Spider-Man. Right. I have no problem with that whatsoever. Here we go. But? The fan community did okay. have an issue with that. Lots of people kicked off at the fact that, first of all, barring race, gender, creed, sexual preference, anything like that, what they really hated was that they were replacing Spider-Man. Before anybody found out he was black or Latino or anything like that, they hated the fact that there was another Spider-Man. It didn't Mm -hmm. make sense. Not to mention the fact... There was already Miguel O'Hara. And ben Not was... a clone of Peter Parker, though. This was a different person in the Spider-Man mantle. Well, Miguel O'Hara is a different person, isn't he? But he's from the future. Miguel O'Hara is in the the lineage of mm. of Peter Spider-Man. Parker, is he? He's also in the future. He's twenty ninety nine yeah. Spider-Man. He doesn't. But May Parker didn't Mayday Parker pre? Yeah, but she pre-day? dropped in and out of existence in other dimensions. Okay. It wasn't a it wasn't a thing. This was in the remember. Uh, once upon a time, people were either Ultimate fans or Marvel fans. No, I, I disagree. Uh, one, uh, no? There wasn't I, that divide I, at one I, point? I read both. I said some people... No, you didn't. No, I didn't. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I should have said some people were either Ultimate or Original. Okay. You know, it was it was how you liked your, your secret sauce. Yeah, was yeah. it... Where do you, you want your eggs? Orig- oh. Uh, <laughs> anyway... That was initially what grinded gears, and then he took his mask off in a big reveal, and it turns out that Miles Morales is half African American, half Latino, mm-hmm. or half black, half Latino. Yeah. This caused. This was like the spark to a, a keg, a Tinder keg, a powder keg, powder keg, powder keg, spark to a powder keg. Oh, obsessed with Tinder. Smooth, love Tinder. Um, if my good lady friend is listening, no, I don't. Sorry, I apologize. Um, so the community kicked off it's like, mm-hmm. you can't have a black Spider-Man and then on the other side of that you had people who had been crying out for representation in comics saying mm-hmm. thank you very very much he has survived all of that in a way that many of the new characters have not yeah basically him and black Nick Fury yeah huge fans mm-hmm. across the board he has won people over in a massive way and I think he is in many ways a perfect person to lead the Into the Spider-Verse film because it ticks all the boxes for representation. Not that representation should be a box-ticking exercise. No, but hold on a second. That was That's a good point, because that is the ultimate difference between Ultimate Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and the Into the Spider-Verse movie. Do go on. In the Ultimate Spider-Man comic, ver- the cartoon version, it's still very much a Peter Parker story. Ah. So we follow the main Peter Parker, and he goes and picks up Miles Morales and Spider-Woman. Not Spider-Gwen, though. Spider-Woman. Okay. Before Spider-Gwen. Spider-Knight, Spider-Man Noir, and he picks them all up, but he's still the hero. Yeah, okay. That's the huge difference between this and the movie. The animated the series and the, into the Spider-Verse. Where it's the Miles Morales. Thing. I think it's a good choice. I, I think it's a clean take. I think it's politically relevant in mm. a lot of ways. Remember, Miles Morales existed before the Black Lives Matter movement or anything like that. He predates that. But now, it seems like a useful opportunity to talk about things like that in... 
that universe. It's, I don't know how they handle that because I haven't seen it, so I can't say that with full authority. It's very um, not talked about in the film, which I think is good. I think that's probably a smarter way to handle it, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, it's just, yeah. here he is, he's half black, half Latino. They never say it. Let's not they, preach. It's just, yeah. there he is, he's who he is, and he's Spider-Man, deal with it. It's, it's good, it's a good film. Okay. It's, it gave me a bit of a headache. The art style is unusual. It's hard to keep up with, yeah. and I, I kind of love it from the trailers, but I don't know how it is in, in feature length. There's a lot of uh, blurred backgrounds that made me think I'd accidentally walked into a 3D screening. Ah. And I was like, oh, this is giving me a headache. And there's a lot of flashing. If you are one of those epilepsy people, you want to stay the stay hell away from the this. heck away from Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And the denouement, the final battle is just... If the whole film wasn't CGI, it would be a CGI mess. Okay. But it's still a CGI it's mess. It's still a CGI though, mess. It has to be. It's the end of a superhero film. Yeah, you need the, you need the crack-a-boom. Uh, anyway, that's it from us for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, what Did you see any of the blockbusters mentioned below? What yep. did you think of them? Um, how do you feel about Miles Morales as Spider-Man? Are you yeah. a hardcore Spider-Man fan? What do you think of it? Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, one that I wanted to ask you is, do you have any favourite costume redesigns or designs from the last couple of years? Because before we started this episode, Michael was showing me one of his 90s Wolverines yeah, in yellow great, spandex great with blue shoulder pads, blue gloves and blue boots. My favourite Wolverine design the is that Wolverine. very one. Yeah. We would like to know what you think of costumes and redesigns. Do you have any favourite heroes and do you have any favourite costumes from that era? We would love to know. As always, ladies and gentlemen, we are on iTunes, we are on YouTube, we are on Instagram, and you can get in touch with us from all of those. We are on SoundCloud and we soon hope to be on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, do let us know what you fancy in the Christmas episode. As always, we are pushing our annual Mickey Awards. Yeah, next week. We, if you want someone you know to get a good Mickey, uh, let us let us know. We want bad eggs. We want good eggs. We want series of the year. We want yeah. movie of the year. Comic books. We want comic book series of the year. We want art styles of the year. Just give us a category. Yeah, give us we'll, someone you'll we'll vote for. We're going to do polls during this week on Instagram, so stay yeah. tuned. All right, oh, good. Um, that's good and vote in the polls. Yeah, All right, ladies and gentlemen so that's it from us for this week bye bye that's not stopping